Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Thank you for the privilege that we have to share the work of your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for these who have come this evening that we can share in this work. Now, as we look at your word, would you bless us in a very special way that we might be glad to have been in the house of the Lord this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, we talked about how great Jesus is as made reference to in the first three verses of this chapter. We talked about the fact that God described him as the brightness of his glory. As the image of God himself. We continue this evening in talking about God, God's Son being great. And I've entitled the message, The Superiority of God's Son. And throughout the remainder of this chapter, the Lord tells us that Jesus Christ is superior to the angels in every way. And it's upon this theme that I want to, to talk. Several years ago, well, a few years ago, can't be many, when Lynn and her husband and were living in Oregon, and their first son was born and just began to walk and so on, we exchanged videotapes. She would send us a tape of uh, Andrew beginning to walk, and we watched him come out the, the walkway and fall down and all the things that proud parents would do, that proud grandparents could see their grandchild do, which we had never seen in person at this point in time. But uh, in order to dramatize uh, her films, and she is a uh, photography buff, she would always play music in the background, and then she would narrate, or Stan would narrate whatever they sent us. There would be this music in the background. And as Andrew made his way down the walk and kept falling down, the music in the background was How Great Thou Art. Now, she didn't know that she had put that on. We reminded her of it later, and it embarrassed her. Or that we might think that she had purposely done that to call attention to her great child as if it were the only child in the world. And at that time, as far uh, as we were concerned, uh, he probably was there for a little while. That's, that's grandparents bragging. God is bragging. He's got a right to do so. And he points out throughout the book of Hebrews, and beginning with it, he brags upon his son and says how great he is. And he can do that and get by with it. Because there is none greater. And he said that his son reflects his own likeness. He said that he was the creator of the world and that he was the possessor of all the world. And he went on to say that he was the one who achieved the ability that you and I have to have forgiveness of sin. 
Were it not for Jesus Christ, it would not be so. He made it possible for God to forgive us of our sin. Now that's what he said this morning in the, in the, in the words that we read. This evening he talks about God being so great, uh, that is the Son of God, God talks about his Son being so great in that he is far superior to the angels. Now there are 108 direct references to angels in the Old Testament. You might be surprised to find that there are more references to angels in the New Testament than there are in the Old. There are 165 direct references to angels in the New Testament. And if you look at all of these, read them, calculate a little bit as to what's being said about them, you will discover that the purpose of angels was to render worship to God and to serve Him. That was their purpose in being created. To worship God and to serve Him. And then God comes along and says that Jesus is superior to, to all of these. Well, let's talk about angels for a little bit before we get back to that theme of Jesus being superior. You'll find throughout the Bible that angels are referred to as spiritual beings. That is, they don't have a, a human body. They're not flesh and bone like you and I. They have uh, something that would be called a spiritual body, a spiritual being. It has the capability of being seen or being unseen. A similar body that Jesus had after his resurrection, he had the capability of being immediately in the presence of people and could be seen, but he also had the capability of being unseen. When Jesus was born, these spirit beings became visible and came to Mary and announced that she would be the mother of the Christ child. Came to Joseph and announced that he ought to go ahead and take Mary as uh, his wife. Uh, came to the shepherds out on the hillside and physically there they were being able to be seen and announced the, the birth of Christ. And then uh, the scripture says after the uh, angel had made that announcement that a whole host of angels appeared and joined in singing in praise to God and to Jesus Christ, the newborn child that was about to come into the world. We find that they can appear in actually in human form. And I think we need to go to, to right here in Hebrews over to the 13th chapter and the second verse to, to make note uh, of, of a passage of scripture that we sometimes overlook that I think is very important to us. When he says in the second verse of the 13th chapter, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Now, why does he say that? For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Listen, not every stranger we come in contact with is a human being. Some of them may be angels disguised as human beings. 
We might ask why this would be, and I think the answer is that God wants to put us to the test to see how we react with relationship to His commandment to us to serve other people, to do unto others, because in doing unto others about us, we're doing unto Jesus Christ. And He wants to know if we will do to His Son what ought to be done. Therefore, the Scripture indicates that there are times in our lives when we come in contact with people who are strangers for the purpose of giving us a test to determine if we will be obedient as the Lord wants us to be in our service to others. When it was not a person at all, but it was, the, it was an angel in the form of a human. There are several instances in the Old Testament particularly where this type of thing took place. And so there is a caution thrown out to us here in the 13th chapter. That we be sure that we react as we ought to with each other because we might someday discover that one of those people that we were, we were reacting with was really not a human being at all, but it was an angel. Now, an angel has the capability of appearing in other forms. You may remember at the resurrection of Christ, when the women went out to the tomb to anoint the body with spices and so on for final burial early in the morning. And when they got there, they found that the stone was rolled away. And in Matthew 28, verse 3 and 4, we have these words, He, beginning in the verse, meaning the angel, his appearance was like lightning, and his garments as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became as dead men. An angel came down from heaven and rolled the stone away from in front of the tomb. He didn't just roll it away and disappear. He rolled it away in the presence of the guards. They saw him do it, and when he had rolled it aside, the angel sat on the stone. And the guards saw him do it, and were scared to death. Well, probably you and I would, have, would be just as well. We also find that angels are capable of emotion. Scripture says in Luke 15.10 that there is joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repents. Joy is an emotion. Most of us get choked up or have some kind of uh, feeling that we... Uh, could hardly describe when there is something extremely joyful that takes place. Some of you and I, some of us, cry when we are overcome with joy. That's a normal reaction. Some get what is called, quote, choked up. And what are we doing? We are reacting to something that has taken place that's good. Some of you will shout, some of you will weep, some of you will 
do all kinds of things when a sinner receives Jesus Christ and steps off the aisle and comes down front as a demonstration as to what's taking place in their life. You're reacting. You have an emotional reaction to that event. The scripture says that the angels have that kind of emotional reaction. To one sinner, there is joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repents. But we know that they can speak. We know that they can sing because we have the evidences in the scripture. Another thing about angels that perhaps we know or don't know is that they do not marry. They do not reproduce. In uh, Matthew 22, we find the scripture that, that makes reference to that. As far as I know, the only reference to this fact is in that particular passage, Matthew 22, verses 29 and 30 which says, Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. This was reference to the resurrection and what people would be like. They had asked him, Here is a woman who, has, who, who marries and her husband dies and she marries again and he dies and she marries again and he dies. And he, they go through the fact that this woman had been married seven times. They were asking Jesus the question, whose wife will she be in heaven? And he said, she won't be anybody's wife in heaven. You do err in not knowing the scripture, nor the power of God. And this is really the problem that most of us have in when we don't have the answers we need, is we don't fully comprehend what God has said on the subject. And he said, you're, you're an error. You don't understand the scriptures. You don't know the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are as the angels of God in heaven. Now, that's, that is the only reference to that fact. Angels are not marrying and giving in marriage. There is no such thing in heaven. Angels also do not die. You may very well remember the scripture over in Revelation chapter 12 about the, the attempt of Satan to overthrow God in heaven and take over the throne of heaven. And in the fourth chapter of the twelfth verse, we have these words, And his tail, that is the tail of Satan, drew the third part of all the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman's way to be delivered, and so on. Uh, the point if we, we won't have time to go on to this in a description, the point is this is a description of Satan and, and as a result of his fall, he caused a great number of angels, and that's the word star there, a great number of the angels in heaven to fall with him and they were cast to the earth. There are fallen angels on the earth according to God's word. That's where they are. We think that we have difficulties. We do indeed. We are tempted to sin. We have all kinds of, of these kinds of problems. And what is the cause of it? It's because we are completely surrounded and bombarded totally with angels. That is the fallen angels who are trying to destroy us. 
You talk about the anger that we have, the belligerence that we have, the attempting to lie and to steal and to cheat that goes on in our world, and all of the drugs and all of the alcohol and the things that people face today. Why do we have these problems? Is because there are multitudes of fallen angels in the earth trying to destroy mankind in order that he might get back at God. That's why we cannot expect an easy battle because the world is full of angels. They were not killed. They were not destroyed. They were cast down to the earth. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us that one-third one-third of all the angels, and right here it is in this fourth verse of the twelfth chapter of Revelation, one-third of all the angels in heaven were cast out. Well, how many is that? How many were cast out? Well, go back to Daniel. Chapter 7, verse 10. There is a description of angels in this verse, and the words are thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. Multiply ten thousand by ten thousand, and what do you get? I don't have any idea. The point is they're innumerable. Revelation 5.11 says, And I beheld... And I heard the voice of many angels, many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands, thousands. Multitudes of angels. Psalm 68, 17 says this, the chariots of God are twenty thousand Many thousands of angels, and the Lord is among them. Well, those are just three references to the numbers of angels there are. The fact is that one-third of those 10,000 times 10,000 angels fell from heaven and are up on earth. No wonder we have trouble. I don't know what a third of 10,000 times 10,000 is, but it's a big, big number. There are two groups of angels. One's called cherubs, another's called the, the, or the cherubims, and the other's called seraphims. I don't know a whole lot about them, and there isn't a, a great deal of description in the, in the Scripture as to the difference between them, but there are two different categories of angels. We know the names of a few of the angels. We know the name of Gabriel, who is considered the highest angel. We know that one is named Michael, and one was named Lucifer who became, of course, Satan. And those angels have many responsibilities. What are the responsibilities of angels? Well, one of the responsibilities is that they would be to minister to Jesus. You remember while he was in the wilderness that after the 40 years of temptation, angels came and ministered to him. And one of the temptations that Jesus went through Satan responded to him, and you'll find it in Luke chapter 4, uh, for him to jump down off of the temple in front of people and he wouldn't get harmed. And, and Satan said to Jesus, you can do this because the scripture says that God will give his angels charge over you. We can find in the scripture that God has given the responsibility of looking after the church to angels. 
This church is under the watch care of angels. Not only is this church under the watch care of angels, you and I as individuals are under the watch care of angels. One of the responsibilities that God has given to his angels is to look after us. I do believe in guardian angels. You've got yours and I have mine. Some angel is responsible for looking after you and taking care of you. That doesn't mean that you and I are going to have everything easy and nice. Not that at all. It doesn't mean that we won't have sickness and distresses, that we won't have worries and problems. But it does mean that there is some assistance being given to us by an angel that we can't even see to carry us through many of these difficult times. I think there is no doubt in my mind that my life has been spared on more than one occasion because God had given charge of an angel to keep me safe. And I think the same thing has happened to you. Angels were charged with giving uh, the, the messages from time to time throughout the scripture and, and they, they brought the message of the birth of Christ and of his resurrection and at his ascension an angel appeared to the followers of Christ as he ascended into heaven and said to them, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here looking or gazing, the word is in the King James, into heaven? For this same Jesus which ye have seen go into heaven will so come in like manner. An angel made that announcement. God has selected angels to make many announcements. All right. The point that he makes, however, in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus is far superior to all of this. He said that he never did say to an angel, You're my son, and today I have become your father. He said that he gave to his son a name that is greater than the name of an angel. There in the fourth verse, God gave him a name greater than the name of an angel. As a matter of fact, there is no greater name in all the world than Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 says that there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. No other name. And yet you hear it all the time in many of our churches and outside the church of people trying to be saved some other way. There are lots of people who want to be saved by the process of joining a church. There are lots of people who believe that you're saved by being baptized. There are lots of people who believe you're saved because you pray. Lots of people believe you're saved because your parents were saved. Lots of people believe they're saved because they're born in what we call a Christian nation. But the scripture says that none of these things will work. There is a name that is given by which people can be saved, and that only. And the name is Jesus. The sixth verse of this chapter we're reading says that the angels will fall down and worship the name of Jesus. And man will 
as well. We made reference to that this morning. That every man, woman, and child that has ever come into this world from Adam until the end of time will at some day bow their knee at the throne of Jesus Christ. Someday it will happen. Now, if you look at verse 9 for a moment, the most beautiful description, I believe, of Christ is given here in this verse. I'm going to read it out of the uh, Good News translation. The reason that God selected Jesus, his son, to come into this world to be the sacrifice for your sin and mine is tied up here in this verse. And it says, you love what is right and hate what is wrong. That is why God, your God, has chosen you and has given you the joy of an honor far greater than he gave to your companions. And the word companions here means angels. God gave to Jesus Christ the joy and the honor far greater than he gave to any angel. It is a privilege to serve. Someone has said, you cannot be a good leader until you have learned to be a good follower. I believe that. Jesus could not deserve the honor the respect that mankind should give him had he refused to be a servant. But Jesus said, I came not to be ministered unto, but I came to minister. If you want to be great, be one who does for others rather than one who must be done for. Be one who is more willing to give than willing to receive. And I'm not, I'm not uh, being in despair about receiving because all of us must be receivers for others to be givers. I must minister to you, you must minister to me. We must minister to each other. We must share. We must want to do and want to be for someone else. Because we love right and hate wrong. This thing that was in Jesus that made it possible for God to declare him the Savior of the world is the same thing that's got to be in us. The desire must be there do with what capabilities we have, to love with our full heart, to let that love of God that's in our hearts spill out into the hearts of the lives of others. The superiority of Jesus Christ over angels is the same kind of superiority that you and I will have. As a matter of fact, we're told in the scripture that we're going to share in the judgment of the fallen angels. We're going to be judges over what they did. God is great. Jesus Christ is great. And 
God was right, surely, in appointing him to be our Savior. And of his kingdom and his life, there will be no end. And there will be no end to your life and mine because we love Jesus Christ. Listen, there was a day in your life and mine when we accepted the Lord as our Savior. That was the beginning of our life that shall never end. The unsaved will end. Be cast into the lake of fire and there condemned forever. We have eternal life because we have Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.